I hear bay waters lapping with low sounds by the shore. And that can mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, RT. All right. So uh, how are things in Needham, Massachusetts? Oh, it's bright and sunny, but it's windy as all get out. We hmm. had a, a front come through last night with some heavy rain, but it didn't last too long. But the wind is still with us today. I see. Okay. Yes. And, and do you have a nice, uh, comfy, cozy ride of the week that you can? Oh, we've got a, we, yeah, we've got a comfy, cozy ride of the week. I didn't know that was a category. Of, <laughs> well, it is. But now. actually, it is. It is. It's the Infinity, the 2022 Infinity QX55 all-wheel drive. Okay, this is a small SUV, or you can call it a crossover. Okay. And uh, it's got a, uh, going through the specs, it's got a two-liter variable compression turbo engine, which gives you 268 horsepower and 280 pound-feet of torque. And it uses a continuously variable transmission. Now, that results in EPA numbers of 22 miles per gallon city, 28 miles per gallon highway, for combined mileage of 25 miles per gallon. Now, they specify using premium gas in the uh, QX55. And uh, we took a, a nice trip up to Maine over the weekend. And uh, that's about what I was getting for mileage, like highway mileage. It was up about 27, 28 miles per gallon. And uh, as far as... Uh, Safety ratings go. It, it hasn't completely rated yet, but from when it has, it's four and five star rated for frontal crash resistance. The vehicle we have is in slate gray with Monaco red interior, and it's assembled in Aguas, Mexico. And uh, being comfy cozy, it has uh, seats that are. Uh, adjustable, both the driver and passenger seats are adjustable to get a nice, uh, comfy, cozy ride. And even the rear seats uh, slide and recline so that you can be uh, very comfortable back there in the rear seats. And uh, just going through some more of the, uh, the information here on the car, it's got all LED lighting. It's got a head-up display, which I like. You can uh, you don't have to scan down at the dash to see how fast you're going. You know, when you scan the mirrors and you're looking ahead, and you don't have to look down at the dash. So it makes for a little more relaxing drive. Hmm. And it's got a Bose 16-speaker performance audio system. Okay, the the base price is fifty seven thousand and fifty bucks. Okay, but with the premium paint and a lighting package that welcomes you to the car, etc., etc., and uh, delivery destination, it comes out about sixty thousand five hundred bucks. Okay, now 
we thought uh, the car was on the noisy side, especially with engine noise, even though it has active noise cancellation. And then one niggly thing for me is you have, what's good is you have several driving modes. You can put in the sporty mode and drive it a little quick and good handling. Keep it in the standard mode or put it in the eco mode to save uh, gas and uh, be a little more environmentally conscious. Now, what I found out is you can put it in the eco mode, but the next time you start the car, it's in the standard mode. So whatever mode you wanted, and you have to put it in, unless it's the standard mode that you want. So that uh, that's a, just a minor uh, thing, but that's just me. Hmm. Nice car to drive, and like I said, it's uh, it's a comfortable, cozy ride. All right, very good. And did you have some lobster when you uh, went to Maine? No, I had some <laughs> Japanese food. <laughs> okay. A very well, nice salmon. <laughs> oh, well, very nice salmon. Yes. Now, we went up to see my grandson up at the school there in Portland. And oh, so I see. He's, he's a vegetarian, so we went to a Japanese restaurant, and everybody was happy. Okay. Well, very good. Yep. So, that, so that was the right of the week. Do you have something to uh, add to that? Yes, it's International Women's Day. Uh-huh. Okay, and so we are going to salute a, several of the women automotive pioneers that people may not be aware of. Okay, and one of them is Bertha Benz. And she was the wife of Carl Benz, who invented the world's first automobile, the Mercedes-Benz. And, uh, well, it was the Benz Patton motor wagon, motor wagon or whatever. Mm. But uh, he named Mercedes after his daughter, Mercedes. Mm. But Bertha was a pioneer that uh, after Carl invented the motor wagon, two years later, she wanted to publicize the vehicle. And so she loaded her family into the motor wagon and took the first cross-country motor trip of 65, 66 miles, and it was the first road trip ever. Hmm. And uh, she also, uh, when, you know, when they had trouble on the road, the, when the, they had wooden wooden brakes and they, they failed, and so what she did is she covered the brakes with uh, leather and called them the first brake linings. So Bertha Benz, motor, uh, motor pioneer. Now another one is Mary Anderson, who lived from 1866 to 1953, and she was the inventor of the first windshield wiper. And uh, she didn't get a patent, but her ideas were used later. Oh, no, she did get a patent, but her patent expired before she could make any money out of it. But she was inspired riding on a streetcar in New York that when it rained or snow, the driver had to open the front window to see which soaked the driver and froze the passengers. So she came up with this idea of having a blade that could be worked with a toggle from the inside, a little crank, and so you could move the crank and you wouldn't have to open the window to clean it. And so that was Mary Anderson. And then Charlotte Bridgewood, who lived until 1929 from 1861, she invented the first 
electric-powered windshield wiper. So she took the uh, the windshield wiper idea, made it further, and called it the storm windshield cleaner. Okay, and she did get a patent, but the patent expired before automatic wipers really became widespread. Okay, and uh, let's see some of the other pioneers. We have Dorothy Pullinger. She was the daughter of Thomas Pullinger, a, a car designer, and she joined the Institute of Automotive Automobile Engineers. Well, she was first refused, but she was accepted years later as the first female member. And she was in charge of uh, developing the Galloway car, which was designed by ladies for those of their own sex, to quote the uh, the brochure. And these were vehicles proportioned for to take into account shorter drivers and drivers in long skirts. And she was also a race driver. Hmm. Okay. And so uh, let's see, some of the other pioneers were Helen Rother. She worked, uh, she ended up working from GM. She fled from uh, Germany and Europe before World War II and joined the styling staff at General Motors, where she was responsible for many of the designs and GM cars that became easy to get in and out of, and seats that uh, and upholstery features that were easy to clean and had an eye for color and European flair. Okay, and that, uh, let's see, that's just a couple of... Uh, of our female automotive pioneers. All right. So uh, some some fairly uh, significant contributions there. Yes, and there are you know many many uh, female engineers in the auto industry, and you look at some of the uh, corporate executives like Mary Barra at General Motors. All right. So uh, all in honor of International Women's Day. And, right. Uh, and uh, do you have anything else, well, either for Women's Day or for automotive? Okay, let's go automotive. Let's go okay? automotive. Because that's okay. what's that's what's up here next in my notes. Okay, sounds good. But our uh, our good friends at iccars dot com have come up with, based on twenty one twenty one data of about fourteen million car sales, looking at all the data as to which vehicles last the longest. In other words, the longest lasting cars for uh, cars that get to 200,000 miles, okay? And most cars, uh, maybe 1.6% of all vehicles get to 200,000 miles. But there are certain vehicles where a large majority, a larger majority get to 200,000 miles, okay? Now, uh, it's interesting. Most of these are truck-based and SUVs. Hmm. And of the top 10 vehicles, Toyota has six out of the 10 longest-lasting vehicles. And the Avalon and the Prius are the only passenger cars on the top 10 list, Hmm. okay? And one of the reasons why is that the full-size SUVs, the top one, uh, like the average for all vehicles is 1.2%. 18% of Toyota Land Cruisers 
get to 200,000 miles because their uh, body-on-frame heavy vehicles, uh, or robust vehicles, I should say, that last long. And uh, second on the list is the Toyota Sequoia, where 14% get up to 200,000 miles. And then comes the Chevy Suburban, the GMC Yukon, Ford Expedition, Chevy Tahoe, and uh, at number 10 is the Toyota Prius because people like their economy. So you can see that the, uh, let's say the Prius, that's number 10 on the list. Roughly 4% of all Priuses or Pri, however you want to call it, make it to 200,000 miles because their owners like the economy and tend to keep them longer. Okay. Now, if you go down to pickup trucks, you know, pickup trucks are rather robust. If most of you, if 1.2% of vehicles make it to 200,000 miles, 2.2% of pickup trucks make it that far, again, because they're fairly robust vehicles. And of the, the number one uh, pickup truck is the Toyota Tundra. 4% of those make it to 200,000 miles. And then followed by the Honda Ridgeline, Toyota Tacoma, Nissan Titan, Ford F-150, and Chevy Silverado. And so if you go to iccars.com, you can see the full list of vehicles that tend to make it to 200,000 miles. And these days, people are obviously keeping vehicles longer because of the high price of new vehicles and used cars. All right. So, uh, wait, do you have a Musk Minute for us by any chance? Yeah, well, Elon has been tweeting lately again. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, he tends to muse when he tweets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we know that. But he is saying that with artificial intelligence and uh, autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles coming, he says many people will... Uh, just hop in a vehicle and get on the road, not drive, and just you know do other things while they get there. And he says that's going to lead to traffic jams because there'll be more vehicles on the road with uh, people not driving. And so he says that we have to build tunnels under the city with his boring tunnel company to alleviate the traffic congestion. And again, he's just uh, just musing there. Who knows? <laughs> how far out the fully autonomous vehicles are. Right. seems like they've had a few setbacks there in uh, some of the uh, you know, Tesla imp- implementations. Right. So, uh, but the, uh, the technology has eased driving, though, for, in terms of like lane keeping, mm-hmm. uh, uh, adaptive cruise control, where maintaining distance to a vehicle in the front. So our driving has become less stressful. But, uh, you know, making the leap to fully autonomous is going to be something else Right. that, uh, you know, maybe you can do it on certain uh, limited access like interstate highways. But, you know, like they say, if you can if you can get a car to go through Harvard Square on a rainy night, good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's auto. That's autonomous. Right. Because right. you have bicycles and passenger and people, pedestrians. And uh, on a rainy night with the, the, the roads and the way they twist and turn there, that would be something. Yeah, we'll see, see if anybody, any manufacturer can uh, meet that challenge. 
All right. Uh, what else do you have for us today? Okay. Well, uh, not today, but tomorrow, Volkswagen is unveiling the ID Buzz. It's their electric vehicle that evokes the old minibus, the microbus. And so that's going to be unveiled tomorrow. So maybe we'll get a a good idea. But uh, I've seen pictures, and it looks cool. It looks like a little minibus, a microbus. It's got that shape, you know, the rounded brick shape. So uh, we'll have to see how that does and how... Uh, you know how how that catches the uh, the public's fancy. Well, being all electric, and remember when the uh, the new Beetle came out, that was a good seller because it evoked the old Beetle and it was a safer vehicle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if they'll bring out an all electric Beetle next. Who knows? That's right. Well, I don't know. They may not call it the Beetle. They, uh, I think, evoking the the microbus might get the same kind of buzz as this vehicle is named. Right. So we'll have to see. Okay. All right. Anything else? Yes, we have another uh, kind of ecology and vehicle uh, idea here. And this uh, this might be something that we can put into the uh, the speculative or cockamamie ideas. But <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see how this pans out. It's an idea from the... Institute for Applied Systems Analysis, the International Institute for Applied System Analysis. Now, we know that uh, there's a hydropower technology where you use reservoirs to store water at the top of a mountain, and you let it flow down when you need power to uh, generate electricity, and then you pump it back up when you're generating excess electricity. But this idea from the uh, Institute, instead of having to build a dam and a reservoir, which these days is not considered that environmentally friendly, rather what you would u- can use is electric trucks to take water from the top of a hilly region, a mountainous region, and just come down existing roads using regenerative braking to generate electricity. And that when you get to the bottom, you offload the electricity that's charged the battery in the truck. And so that, that's one way of uh, using potential energy of water at the top of a hill. Now, what's not really clear is that, okay, do you, uh, you have to have a good source of water at the top of the hill, and then uh, you can maybe release the water at the bottom so that the truck has to go back up under its own power. So uh, then again, how many trucks do you need? What's the impact of building all these trucks just to truck water from top of hills down? So it's kind of an interesting idea, but uh, who knows if it's going to go anywhere. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that I never thought of. I'll tell you that. (laughs) All right. Well, well, what else do you have for us today? Well, here's another one that's kind of in the, maybe in the same vein, but not as way out. The uh, NASA and the University of California at Santa Barbara have come up with a concept. It's an idea that uh, they're looking into called the Pi Asteroid Defense System. Now, there's the NASA DART mission that's going to an asteroid now, which will impact the asteroid to determine 
how much energy you would need to deflect an asteroid so that you change the orbit so an asteroid that threatens the Earth would be deflected to miss. Now, this Pi asteroid defense system says, uh, what if you find an asteroid that kind of avoids detection until it's fairly close to the Earth and you don't have much time to defend and, or deflect the, the asteroid? So what this would do, it would have a system that would be either on the moon or in Earth orbit that you could send to the asteroid and basically a warhead in the asteroid would send out rods of uh, material that would hit the asteroid like a shotgun to break it up, okay? And so when it, if you break up an asteroid, basically the center of mass is going to keep coming on the same trajectory and hit the Earth. But what would happen is that you would have a lot smaller pieces that, in theory, would burn up in the atmosphere before any impact. But, you know, you're going to have to look at this. How big a warhead would you need? Hmm. And, uh, and if you don't break the asteroid up into small enough pieces, uh, you could still have a significant impact somewhere. Hmm. So that's, a, uh, that's another idea that's uh, kind of far out, but who knows where it's going to go. Right, right. Okay, um, do you have anything else for us today? Well, one more, and this is okay. kind of more, uh, a little more benign, but Sony has teamed up with Honda to develop battery electric vehicles using uh, Sony's uh, imaging and camera systems and maybe uh, infotainment systems to work with Honda in developing uh, future battery electric cars. So they would use their cameras for uh, detection of objects and maybe uh, other features to help bring about more autonomous driving. And so that's a wrap. All right, that's our wrap for today. Glad we could get together. Yep, glad we could get together. All right, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts, with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.